You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. Welcome to this week's Momentum all around Australia. Great to have you tuning in. A quick reminder of our website, MomentumAustralia.org. A bunch of resources on there for you. And of course, you can hear previous episodes of the show too. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But in the meantime, my co-host Des joining us. How are you, Des? You good? Really good. Really good. Looking forward to this conversation today. It's really good. It's a follow-on from one of our previous episodes. And that was with Brett Ryan from uh, Focus on the Family Australia. Brett is the CEO. And we talked about blended families and step-parenting. Brett, so much in our last conversation. In fact, so much that we didn't get to. We're going to continue the conversation today, but welcome back officially. It's a pleasure being with you. We talked a bit about blended families and step parenting. And look, before we launch any further into this conversation this week, um, I suppose just quickly recap some of the main points that you think men really need to, uh, to highlight or have highlighted before we move on today from our previous discussion. Yeah, I mean, think we've spoken about it before, and I think Des mentioned in our previous interview, you know, it's a minefield. There's so much in this. And we have this idealistic approach or this expectation. It's all going to go smoothly. But there are so many layers and, and different, depending on the age and stage of the kids, it depends on the circumstances that resulted in you starting a new step family uh, and joining different families together, uh, you need to make sure that, you know, you're bringing them along on the journey and you can't force it. It's time is going to be the great healer and a great leveler. And, but you have to recognize that it's, everyone's going to have an opinion. Everyone's going to have um, a, a say in this and you need to make sure that you don't force yourself and expect everything to go smoothly. Go on with a low expectation, but show that you do care you understand, you validate their experience. But the, probably the most important lesson is, you know, remember, you're never going to be the child's parent. You're only going to be their, probably more their friend. And that's probably the, the best expectation you're going. If you do form that really healthy bond, that's a big bonus. But remember, the step parent is never going to be the biological parent. Brad, if we just paint this scenario for a second where perhaps we're coming back into a relationship and, you know, where we we talked about this before, like we might start um, the dating process, but we don't introduce our kids initially, that sort of thing. In, in that process, if there's men listening right now and they go, well, that's me, I'm six months into it, but I haven't, you know, whatever. What, what's some of the prep work that we can do in those scenarios to for ourselves together with our future partner before we introduce the kids like what what are the best things that we can do in the preparation so that when we actually get into the scenario we've thought about we've talked about some of these we've got some answers already up our sleeve before we just launch into the whole thing again every child's different and they want to be uh uniquely parented you know some children like to go out on a date and you might be able to go to a restaurant and talk about it other kids want to shoot hoops and you can talk about it with shooting hoops it may be in the car where you're actually just driving in one direction you don't look in each other's eyes and you're just having a conversation it's going at the the level and the pace that your child feels comfortable with so you can sense you know if they're going to be receptive or not um you just can't make sure you don't it's not a one-off it's a, not a monologue where you just tell them this is what's happening. No, it's a dialogue. You get to see and feel where they're going from. And so it might be just simply, you know, you know, the daddy's been going out with, um, you know, Veronica for a couple of 
dates now and 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 I'm really liking her and, and I think there's something that's really special. What are your thoughts about that? And just and pause. Allow them a voice, allow them a an opportunity to to share their concerns. Don't be dismissive of them. And remembering this is the first conversation you're having. It's not the only conversation, it's the first one. And then you might be able to judge about how fast the new relationship could develop. They don't have the final say, but you do want them to have a say. Is it different for, I mean, it's obviously different for younger children versus teenage children and and how you manage that opening discussion would be very different. Yeah, and, and exactly right. And I think the discussion as well, I should add, you should actually include your ex in this as well, you know, to say, hey, I've been going out with this this girl and uh, it seems to be going really well. Again, there, depending on the circumstances of your previous relationship, have to be taken into consideration. Uh, I always say, and I think I said this in our previous one, you have to be the best version of yourself. Learn from your previous mistakes. Learn that, you know, it may have not gone and ended as well as you anticipated. There has been hurt. There's been grief. There's been trauma. So you have to understand that everyone's going to process this differently. So maybe including them because then you'll get that that say because you, they don't want to have another parent, you know, another woman in your children's life who they don't know. So maybe you introduce them. And I've seen some very healthy relationships where the ex and the new wife get along famously. In fact, they share each other's responsibilities and they just get along really, really well. That would, again, be an ideal, but it's because you've brought them along on the journey and they've had an opportunity to have some say. But you can't just say, hey, the kids are going to have a new mum, get on board. That does not work and it's not going to end in uh, in anything but pain. Whenever my uh, second son get married, I had my second wife there and my first wife, and they sat together and held hands during the marriage ceremony. Wow. That's a, that's a wonderful outcome. And, and there'll be many others hoping for the same thing. But that is something that it's over years to develop. Yes. And, uh, yes. and it doesn't happen automatically. Yes. Right. Yes, and it comes from that, what you said earlier, Brett, about don't speaking negatively about your partner, your ex-partner. You know, they they have they've they've raised your kids. They've been so much part of your life. You, you the very least you can do is respect them. Respect and show appreciation. Uh, yeah. Especially, you know, if they're doing it solo, you know, being a single parent is a tough gig. It's hard enough whether you're doing it together, but it's a tough gig and show that appreciation and value them. Hmm. So let's talk about living arrangements. Say we we you know, we're we're getting remarried, we're creating a stable environment. Um, but the reality is that kids need to come back and forward and, and you know, th- their lives are disrupted to some degree. And obviously, depending on what age they are, that's going to look a little different. But, Brett, how important is that for kids to feel like they've got stability, they feel like they might have their own room or at least their own space, mm-hmm. you know, to, to give them that sense of stability even in the midst of what might be fairly chaotic situation? 
again, it can't always be like for like, you know, say they've got this big bedroom themselves, you know, in their own, in one home, they can't expect or that, you know, it would be nice if they could, but they can't expect to have that, but they still need to have a place to call their own, a, a bed, um, some space to just to chillax, um, to place to where they can put their things. Um, you can't expect sim- um, step siblings to be in the same room and everyone's going to get well you know, get along with each other. That does not work. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it would be ideal, but they need to have some space. So taking consideration, and that's something you have to consider before you get remarried, is where is everyone going to put their head on a pillow? And uh, mm. you can't just say, oh, we'll work it out later on. No, they need to have they need to have some certainty. They need to have something to look forward to. It may not be perfect, but you're at least giving them consideration in that in those decisions. Let's fast forward to if they're if they're teenagers, because obviously that looks a little different. They certainly want space and things like that. Are there some things that we need to be certainly mindful of if kids are that teenage age that, that might affect that and living arrangements and things like that? Yeah, I mean, this you've got to also remember teens are teens anyway, and they're going to come with their own set of uh attitudes and circumstances, being in a blended family or a step-parenting family is just another layer of complexity. So you need to see it from their perspective. Don't force yourself. Uh, Recognise that they have feelings, they have emotions. Um, Make sure that they understand that there are going to be some rules, there are going to be some changes, and get them to be inclusive of those expectations what do you think is reasonable what do you think you could do to contribute to the house and get them involved because if you just say hey here are the rules and you write them all down and here you are get on board it's not going to end well so again bringing them along will be very beneficial for you and they also need to know that this is uncharted territory you know and you're going to make mistakes. Apologise when you do make mistakes. Apologise if you do raise your voice or you do that eye roll or that frustration. Own it. They're not expecting you to be perfect, but they do want you to be real, authentic and genuine. That's really cool. Do you know, uh, obviously the three of us have grandkids and, and you know, we, and they're all different circumstances and different ages. So my eldest is 15 and my youngest is one. What's the advice you would give a grandparent who is, you know, coming, one of their sons or daughters, you know, as going into a different family? What's their role in that relationship? The extended family can never be underestimated. Um, I'll talk about an ideal and then uh, and then I'll go I'll come back. <laughs> just imagine your children have the potential of having not just four grandparents but eight grandparents. And <laughs> they they can greatly benefit from that and they can really enjoy that. Uh, everyone might have a different title and it can be very confusing and chaotic, but they have a there is a potential that they could actually be blessed with having so many people to be loved, uh, loving on them. Um, that should never be underestimated. The second part you need to make sure is that grandparents are going to grieve as well. Seeing their son Mm. or daughter going through a divorce or or going through a loss uh, through death, you know, they're going through their own grief, whatever that is. So they need to be included in this. They need to have access to the children. They shouldn't be seen as pawns or the enemy. And as grandparents, you shouldn't try and choose sides 
and try and pick up the pieces and resolve the issues and be hostile towards the other person, that is not helpful either. Similar to your treating the way that you speak about your ex, grandparents, you need to speak about the former partner in a healthy way. Because that's not going, because it's again, the children or your grandchildren, they love that person. They, 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 they think they're really great. And so you need to treat them accordingly and uh, speak about them in a positive light. Yeah, I, I was just going to say off the back of that, then um, maybe we, it's that our, our parents uh, as adult, you know, and our parents that maybe want to try and have too much say in what's happening. Um, uh, how do we, how do we kind of navigate that lovingly so that we don't break relationship with our parents, the grandparents, but we try and find that common ground to go, I, I still love you. And I know you've got a strong opinions here um but you know i'm trying to i'm just trying to figure this stuff out as well what you said is a per perfectly a good example of that is look hey we're going to make mistakes i want you as part of your children grandchildren's lives i want you to be active and engaged and uh, but I don't need you to, um, you know, relitigate the circumstances. I don't need you to go back to those pasts where this is our present and here is our future. We can't go back to the past because the past is the past. But we're going to learn from those mistakes and we don't want to revisit them. And so we're going to move forward. So our language, the tone, the environment which we're trying to create is in your children and your grandchildren's best interests. Hmm. And maybe maybe a frank conversation. Don't have it when your, your kids or your grandchildren are in earshot. Have those adult conversations away and come to some sort of amicable agreement and honour and respect, but if it gets to that they actually are pushing their agenda or pushing their value systems, then you might have to say, hey, time out, mum, yeah. dad, yeah. I love you, I care for you, but this has got to stop because it's going to jeopardise the relationship that I have with the ex and it's going to jeopardise the relationship that you could have with your grandchildren. So you've got to make a choice. And on the flip side of that then, Brett, if if we, uh, you know, we're, we're married and we've got a our kids and our stepkids, um, but you know they're finding that they don't necessarily want to go to the other grandparents, right? They they're not the natural grandparents. Whatever. How do we? Because again, we don't want to force this, right? But we're trying to encourage this. Um, and yet, you know, we we go. Oh, well, it's our weekend to go and see you know Nanny and Popper over here, and they oh, I don't really want to go to that one, but I'm yeah. happy to go to my own proper grandparents in inverted commas. How do we try and do that without forcing, but encouraging? Yeah, I mean, obviously you, you can't force it. You're right in that. Um, and depending on the relationship with the, the potential step grandparents, if you like, uh, for a different, a, a different word, uh, this is something that it may be that you have to create an environment and it might be that you do in a park, it's an open forum and you have, family events, create some new memories. Yeah. And, and that's a, a, a really important aspect in this is that you might have done some traditional things and we love traditions. Traditions are vitally important for a healthy, vibrant family. So you need to recognize, hey, that's something we, we used to do. Let's create some new traditions. And so you can create some environment where you're not that grandpa or grandma who may not have the healthy relationship, have some interactions with your children and slowly and slowly and surely they can start forming that bond. Um, and it might be that you might overcompensate as the grandparent trying to buy their love. That never works. Okay. It doesn't work. It might work for a peers to work, 
but it's really just that time and and giving each other that space and and it might be that you invite them over to your house for a time but you can't just say hey you're going over to grandma and grandpa and like it or not it's not going to work well yeah yeah well continuing our chat this week with uh, brett ryan the ceo of folks on the family australia we're talking blended families and step parenting and again their website families.org.au has a whole bunch of resources on there to help you in this area and anything to do that's family related families.org.au you are listening to momentum all around australia appreciate you tuning in we're going to come back and chat with brett some more in just a moment stay tuned Welcome back to Momentum. It is uh, part two of this week's show. Our special guest is Brett Ryan, the CEO of Focus on the Family Australia. We're going to get back into our conversation about blended families and step parenting in just a tick, but uh, just encourage you to jot down their website, families.org.au. A lot of resources on there for you to check out. And our website, MomentumAustralia.org as well. Love you to go there and also check out previous episodes of the show. In fact, the first part of this discussion was last week with Brett, and we'd encourage you to check that out as well at MomentumAustralia.org. Well, it's great to be back with you again, Brett. And clearly, you know, each family, when they come together, will have their own set of memories. And it's very easy for them and comfortable for them to talk about their memories in their context. How does how do the other part of the family, the other partner in that group now, fit into that with their own memories? It's a great question, Des. And the challenge is that you can be the outsider and feel like the outsider all the time because you don't know those stories. Um, you can ask lots of questions, but you never have actually experienced those things. But you have to be on a steep learning curve, learning new names, yeah. uh, learning uh, who's who, you know, learning the kids' friends' names, uh, uh, learning their uh, their likes, their dislikes. You have to be a student of your stepchildren. And, and like you'd have to be a student of your own kids, you have to go ramp up to DEFCON 5 to learn <laughs> so much about what makes them tick, yeah. what makes them... Uh, thrive and enjoy life. What are they excited about? What are they, you know, what demotivates them? Um, who are their friends? What are their activities they like? It, it, those little things, you're never going to get all the information, but continue to make some mental notes. Sometimes you might even have to make some physical notes, you know, like a bit of like a homework. Um, that doesn't mean that the children should just always talk about the past. Um, but you don't want to dismiss them because they are their experiences. They belong to them. They are of a high value. And it's actually those memories that actually can bring joy and laughter. And you can come along board and you say, what was that story again? Tell me that story that, you, you know, made you laugh last time. And it's like you're genuinely interested in them sharing those memories, the good times and also the not so good times. I mean, I think mm. that's absolutely key in terms of, you know, building the relationship and the trust and the partnership with the kids and, and listening to their stories and building their openness with you. I think that's fantastic. I mean, the reality is that it is, like you said, it's those the memories that, you know, can bring so much joy. Um, I'm going to flip that on its head, though, Brett, and play devil's advocate to some degree. I mean, if we sit there and we hear the stories and whatnot, but what happens then if we share something about something from our previous family and it doesn't get a good response the kids for whatever reason feel threatened by that or they don't like hearing about the fact that we've had a family before in this other thing or you know there's this uh this friction between one of our kids and them and you know it just brings up this negative reaction which is 
you know, the opposite of what we're hoping to do. Yeah. How do we sit in that space as a as an adult and as a parent? Again, I think you remind, I think we spoke about learn to respond, not react. Mm. You know, if you start, you, you know, say, I, I'm, I've got a voice too and you got to listen to me and, and that's not going to go down well. It's like throwing a tantrum. You know, toddlers do tantrums because it works for them, but it doesn't look good on an adult. So don't <laughs> throw a tantrum. The, the, the point of uh, reference is that, you know, it, it just doesn't become all natural. It, it's a process. Eventually, you will have that say. Eventually, you will have it. But don't throw a sissy fit because you're not getting heard. But that does not give them an excuse to be rude. It doesn't give them an excuse to be disrespectful. And that's when the other, your spouse, needs to be able to, you know, interject and say, you know, don't speak to him like that. Don't speak in that tone. Um, give him an opportunity. We've been sharing our stories I think it's only fair that he has an opportunity to share his stories. Keep it brief. Don't go on forever and telling, you know, monopolize the whole thing, but just give them your little stories. And, and I'm sure if you give each other the opportunity just to be heard, and that's the thing around a dinner table is the best place to do that. Everyone gets a chance to have a voice. Everyone gets a chance to be heard, share your high, share your low, and the dinner table is the best place to do that. Mm. That's so true. I, I want to just pick up on something which you didn't mention directly there, but it's it's something that I, I know is important. And that was, as the two adults now is the, the head of this home, presenting a united front. And we did touch on that, I think, in the first show. But just tell us a bit about the importance of that, even though we may not necessarily disagree in the moment if something happens you know, we may we may disagree with what the other the other adult has said or the other parent has said, or we don't feel supported. But how important is it to present a united front in a blended family and or step family to the kids? Like, what does that say to them? It's vitally important. I'd say that to a parent um, uh, who you know, normal parents. You know, you don't have the good cop bad cop scenario. You need to have united front, but at the end of the day, the biological parent is going to have the final say. Sure. But you want to get to so that you are in an alignment or an agreement. Don't argue in front of the kids unless you're going to resolve the argument in front of the kids. Uh, don't make them to, you know, be dismissive if they say something. Um, don't embarrass one another if they say something or do something. Address those issues. And then the other person, if they have made a mistake, then they can go and apologise. Um, but you don't want to make a scenario where the kids can actually see there's tension yeah. between mum and dad, uh, tension between the new spouse. That is not healthy because they're going to actually find that wedge and they're going to continue yeah. to find that pressure point. And because we do that, it's a power thing just to get a reaction. We have to be maybe on the inside. We're freaking out and we're really annoyed and very frustrated and very angry. But on the outside, cool, calm and collected have those conversations away from the children so you, they can actually see that, you know, nothing's going to come between mum and dad. We are in an alignment step by step. One of the key things that's coming across to me, Brett, is the need for um, parents in this situation to be alert all the time, to be thinking about what the impact is you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week if necessary. But certainly around the meal table, you know, they need to be thinking about the, their responses 
uh, you know, during middle times. Oh, very much so. It, it is full on. It can be exhausting. Yeah. You have to acknowledge that. Um, but I think, and probably a small little thing to just put a little caveat in here is the importance of self-care, mm. knowing that you're looking after yourself, that if you find you're going to lose it, remove yourself yes. before you say or do something that you can't take back. So self-care is not being selfish. It's actually being selfless because you're actually going to be a better version if you care for yourself. So we all need a little bit of me time so we can be the best me that we possibly can be and find those things that refresh and replenish. And uh, and so you don't want to say something or do something that will cause yourself to have more pain than you anticipated. Mm. Brett, let me speak into the faith space for a moment. And, you know, I mean, it's it's wrong to assume that, you know, if we get married or we get married again or whatever, we choose a partner that has the same faith as us. That's not always the case. But, you know, from a man's perspective, if he's listening right now and uh, he is then technically what we like to say is the, the, the head of the home and he, he has a faith and, you know, perhaps his partner does, but the kids are a little wishy-washy or whatever, like how do we start initiating for example, if we're used to saying grace before meals or we're used to praying as a family around the dinner table and things like that, and there's resistance to that or there's, you know, some lack of clarity or confusion around that, like, um, because it's like, well, this is something I believe and, you know, I'm trying to, I believe this is a benefit to my family, but I'm getting resistance or things like that. How do we, how do we navigate that space? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. And like anything, you can't force someone um, to, to be active in your faith. The best thing you can do is role model this. Your patterns of behaviour, the way that you conduct yourself, the way that you uh, are seen. Um, grace is an important aspect. If it's a high value and you want to continue to do it, then go ahead. But you can't force the kids, if they don't have a faith journey, you can't force them to do it. Maybe you just do it quietly, yes. but you do it reverently so they can see your genuine. Uh, and authentic relationship with God. And your the way that you come across is the best example. We talk about, you know, Jesus with skin on. What they see is going to be more important than what they hear. It's the way that you're showing your value, your importance of your faith, your attendance to go to church or your attendance to go to small group. If that's a high priority, they're going to catch that and they're going to see that you are an authentic, real and a God-honouring man. The the extra things, you know, are, are, are good. And it may be that, you know, if they don't have a faith, then, then maybe they can actually say, oh, Dad, or, or whatever you're called, you, know, you could be called Tim. Uh, Tim, that idea about prayer, you know, um, could you pray for me? Or you can actually say, can I pray for you? They might say no, or they can say yes. And then you say, would you like me to pray for you now? Or would you like me to pray for it later on? They can have, uh, and I've done that on planes. I've done another variety of settings. You know, it's surprising how many people would uh, appreciate prayer. And even if you do it right there and then, um, it can shock them a little bit. Um, and the same thing with your, you know, your stepkids. You know, you can say, hey, I'd like to pray for you. Would you like me to do that now or later? Those little things can make a big, big difference. That's really, really cool. And, and, and I love the fact that, you know, you, you can take a front seat in matters of faith. And, and it's not about reducing your faith or visibility of your faith, but it's about using it discreetly and you choosing the moment, I guess. That's great. 
I mean, there's so many aspects of of children and faith. You know, if you you know the the statistics would say if a father goes to church on a regular basis, that the children are 66 to 75 percent more likely to become churchgoers themselves. So, dads, we have a really big part to play in role modeling our faith because yeah. really God intended the family to be the basic unit of society. And when you know the joy and the laughter. And the faith foundation that you create is going to flow on. And that's really, really, from our point of view, it focuses on the family in Australia, is to create that God-honoring legacy that is not just for your little season, but, I mean, for me, to see my grandchildren now and then eventually, hopefully, my great-grandchildren because that's the legacy that my father set in place many years ago. And I want to continue to that legacy. And so even though you made some mistakes in the past, then you can establish this is what we're going to do in the future. And the importance of your role modelling has far greater effect than what you say, but who you are. We've been talking to Brett about families and relationships and step-parenting and blended families. It's been an amazing discussion. Thank you, Brett, for your time today. It's been really cool. Tim, final thoughts? Yeah, look, I just think there's so much in this and I uh, just want to encourage the guys there's to um, to have conversations with other men, with counsellors if need be, uh, and of course to check out the, the uh, Focus on the Family Australia website, families.org.au for a whole bunch of resources in this. One of the key things I think that's come across in the last couple of weeks is that it, it's a tricky situation to navigate um, being a blended family or a step-parenting family. And the more uh, that we can equip ourselves with knowledge and with people around us to help speak into this space and have a lot of patience and grace along the way, then there's more success of this being uh, something really, you know, a tight-knit family. So I encourage you to check out the family's uh, website, which is families.org.au, Focus on the Family Australia. A massive thank you to our special guest, Brett Ryan, over the last couple of weeks for investing into us, Brett. There's been a lot in there, mate. We thank you for your time. You're more than welcome and any time. And as we wrap up the show this uh, week, it is uh, Momentum. Uh, MomentumAustralia.org is our website. Again, love you to check out our website and uh, previous episodes of the show, which you can do at MomentumAustralia.org. And we are a not-for-profit ministry. Any dollars towards keeping Momentum on the air would be much appreciated. You can make a secure donation online at MomentumAustralia.org. Wherever you are around the country, appreciate you tuning in. Look forward to chatting with you next time, Des be uh, great to have you back in the studio mate look forward to uh, doing another episode of momentum with you real soon absolutely looking forward to it and bye to all the folks who are listening we hope you've enjoyed the show and uh, we'll be back next week you've been listening to momentum a show that helps men succeed in life for more information or to hear this week's show again go to momentumaustralia.org you can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at momentumaustralia.org until next time Keep moving forward with momentum.